to be honest, I'm not quite sure when the story even began. I guess you could say it started sometime during the summer of 2022. Now this might very well be the stupidest thing I've ever done. Wait a second, bike riding stupid? Let's go back to the day I found an old map. Or no, let's go even further back. This is me, back in the 70s, when I discovered the magic of pedals, chains and wheels for the first time before I moved on to the bicycle. More than 40 years later, I still cherish the bike. If anything, my love for the humble bicycle is growing stronger as my beard is getting grey. I'm still hunting that same simple joy of adventure that I first experienced as a kid. The bliss of being outside, of seeing new places and revisiting old ones, the freedom to pitch my tent or tarp wherever I want. I've never had a driver's license, and I guess I'm too old and stubborn to get one now. They say the car gives you freedom, but instead of being boxed in, passive and disconnected from the landscape I'm travelling through, I'd much rather pedal a bike. The wind on your face, the salty smell of the sea, the birds chirping in the trees, the ability to stop whenever you want, soaking in the view, the symbiosis of tendons and chain, muscle and metal. I keep bringing bikes to places bikes maybe weren't meant to be, hunting for precious memories and places and ways most people just pass by on the way to adventures in far off places. Still, I couldn't hide from the fact that I lately somehow had lost that carefree spirit that told me that anything was possible as long as I followed my heart and worked hard. Instead, doubt and darkness had crept in and taken its place. I seemed to have lost sight of myself, who I was, not realising how much the bike actually meant to me. The simple joy of just riding, wondering what was around the next bend or over the next hill, always charging towards the horizon and the next sunset. I needed to find my way back. A reset. A quick fix that could help me reconnect with my younger self on that blissful joy of diving in at the deep end, not quite knowing what would happen or if I even would make it, but confident that things would work itself out for the better in the end. Then, one day, I found an old map with a 700km long cycle route from my home in Oslo to Copenhagen. I remembered making a route as a young teenager, 30 years ago, dreaming about doing the ride in less than 48 hours. I never did it. I realised that my wife and I had ridden a few sections of the route earlier in the summer when we spent 12 days cycling from home to Copenhagen. I guess seeing the map made me want to relive those precious days, but there was more. Looking at the map, I knew it right away. This was it. This was my way back. I didn't have a fancy racing bike. My kit was old, my training regime questionable, but maybe I had something else. For a brief moment, I thought I heard a faint whisper from the teenager still hiding somewhere deep inside me. I started planning immediately. Judging from the map, it was rather obvious that I didn't have a clue about safe bicycle routes as a teenager, and I didn't live in Oslo anymore. But by adapting the route to the network of national cycle routes southbound to Copenhagen, and linking it to my hometown Kongsberg, I ended up with a fairly similar route of the same length. I ordered a return ticket home with a ferry from Copenhagen the following Sunday. Then, at 2 o'clock Friday afternoon, I grabbed the map, packed my gear and jumped on the boat.
I've been riding for about 17 kilometers and I'm already really, really knackered. <laughs> ah, that's just about 700 kilometers left to Copenhagen. The first 80 kilometers followed the same route my wife and I had cycled earlier in the summer. When we had reached the Oslofjord back then, we'd called it a day and set camp for the night. But reaching the fjord myself, it felt like I'd hardly even started the trip. So I made it to uh, the Oslofjord. It looks like I'm going to ride into the rain. Hopefully I'm going to stay dry for a couple of hours more. And maybe there won't be much rain after all. Okay, so it's about 20 to 4 in the morning. And I've cycled uh, 240 kilometers. And uh, that should be about a third of the distance. It's been raining for a few hours and uh, I was really supposed to uh, have a nap with my baby but as soon as I stop I get cold. Okay so it's uh, just past five in the morning and I uh, was getting really really tired so uh, I haven't brought anything else on a little baby so I'm gonna just uh, lie here straight on the ground. I only slept for half an hour before waking up cold, but that half hour somehow seemed to have convinced my body and brain that I was rested. Finally got to Venespol and uh, Sweden's largest lake, Vejland, is on my left hand side. I'm about uh, 40 minutes behind schedule. I was supposed to have made up a time buffer while riding the long stretches of desolate roads through the Swedish forests at night. Instead, I had to make up 40 minutes just to even stay on schedule to reach the ferry back home on time. From Gothenburg, a large part of my route would follow the Kattegat route my wife and I had been riding in the summer. The thought of that made my heart beat a little faster, and I tried to ignore the fact that all the twists and turns along the route would make it hard to keep my speed up while riding down the Swedish coast. I just passed the uh, halfway point, and uh, it's 21. Which means that instead of being uh, one hour behind schedule, I'm now one hour and 20 minutes ahead of schedule. Even though I'd made good progress south towards Gothenburg, navigating through the city seemed to take forever, and I was losing time fast. But when I finally got through the city, I found myself on the Kattegat route. It's just so, so nice uh, being on the Kattegat uh, route again. It didn't take more than the ride through Gothenburg and a quick stop to shop food, and the tables were turned again. I was five minutes after schedule when I shopped at Kulavik. So I'm a little bit under pressure again. What I had gained uh, towards Jöteborg, uh, I've lost again. There won't be much sleep tonight, that's for sure. Cruising at 38 kilometers an hour on the flats with a good tailwind. Ah, oh, it's so nice with a tailwind after the awful uh, headwind last night and the rain and whatnot. Better try to uh, get some distance before it gets dark because after dark it's uh, difficult to keep the speed up. What I gained on the section with the awesome tailwind quickly vanished as I bumped into a train stuck at a railroad crossing. According to the gentleman, the uh, trains can uh, stop there for quite a long time so uh, it's better to take a detour and round but wasn't quite what I needed now but 
The last remains of the day drew to an end as the sun for a short moment managed to sneak its rays underneath the cloud cover. Then the dark slowly encapsulated me. I no doubt had a long night ahead of me if I was to stand any chance of reaching the ferry in Copenhagen on time. I could have felt lonely there in the dark, but I didn't. Maybe it was just me beginning to hallucinate, but as I rode along the very same bicycle route that my wife and I had followed in the summer, I couldn't help feeling our trip somehow blended together, and for a moment, it felt like she was riding there with me. My wife and I have been a couple for years, going almost all the way back to when I made the cycle route on the map as a teenager. We've always lived on the cheap, never really cared much for the status symbols of our generation. Instead, we share the love for the outdoors, a love so strong that we always seem to seek outdoors as soon as we get the chance. Hiking, canoeing, skiing or riding our bikes, chasing days with each their built-in purpose and meaning, counting memories over money. It's a love for the simple life, treasuring the little things like the joy of staying dry in a downpour, finding drinking water, navigating our way through new landscapes, listening to the sound of the ocean, feeling the warmth of a campfire in the cold, coffee in the fresh morning air, filling our empty stomachs with fresh food, picking berries for breakfast, finding that perfect campsite we've been dreaming of, watching our dog sleep, bathing in the evening. When we spent 12 days riding to Copenhagen in the summer, it wasn't about setting any records or scoring bragging points. It was for the love of the little things. The little things that are free for us all to grab. All we have to do is open our eyes and go. The closer I got to Copenhagen, the more I realized that the reason I kept riding hour after hour wasn't necessarily about trying to get out of my comfort zone finding out what I was made of or stuff like that. I guess I just really, really love to ride my bike. I'm really starting to feel it now. The body's starting to uh, act up a little bit. Kata got laden or the cat got root. That follows the west coast of Sweden. It's uh, really, really nice. But uh, it's not the quickest, quickest route. Lots of twists and turns. It's no uh, wonder the body is gristling a little bit. But I'm not giving up. I'm gonna go for a nap now. I'm not sure I uh, did sleep more than about an hour. I didn't dare to sleep for more than an hour. When I got on a bike, I was an hour behind schedule. It was back to fight the clock again. This was starting to get old. Strangely, I felt surprisingly fresh after the nap. Maybe it was just my adrenaline fooling me as I was pedaling on towards Helsingborg on the short ferry trip to Denmark, or maybe it was the thrill of riding through the dark with the night shift of wild rabbits and hedgehogs seemed to have taken over the streets. When dawn finally came, 
and was surprised to see I had banked another 100 kilometers after my short midnight nap. My wonky legs seemed to just keep on pedaling, but my head was a different story. The sleep monster tried hard to convince me that it was ridiculous to push on, and the sensible thing would be to roll out my billy bag, sleep for a couple of hours and then take the train the last 100 kilometers to the ferry home. Sensible is boring. I pushed on. Alright, made it to uh, Helsingborg and the ferry. Ah, there was a moment there I thought I would uh, fall asleep on the handlebars. <laughs> I stumbled upon the boat to Denmark and used the 20 minute ferry ride to prepare myself for the last few hours towards Copenhagen and the ferry home. So I'm in Denmark and I managed to uh, get over on the ferry without falling asleep. I got uh, about, oh, I don't know, two, three hours until I am at the ferry. Uh, had a big cup of coffee and uh, loaded up with uh, chocolate and Pepsi. And so hopefully uh, that will keep me going, but uh, oh man, I never thought I'd get to Helsingborg. Mmm, <laughs> mm. not good. The biggest challenge of the last stretch wasn't wonky legs or a tired head. It was not getting sucked into the Sunday roadie bike race and risk bonking before reaching the ferry. Oh, can't believe I made it. <laughs> I am ridiculously tired. I crawled myself outside on the deck and found a bench to rest my beaten up swollen legs. I couldn't help thinking what would have happened if I hadn't made it. I really don't know. What I do know is that it's way better to fail while trying than failing to try. I wasn't filled with jubilant joy. It felt more like a calm blanket of quiet contentment being draped over me. As the coastline disappeared in the distance, a youthful spark suddenly appeared in my eyes, and before I knew it, I was already scheming up new silly adventures on the bike.